for the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think, Jamil Zanashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. Hey, howdy, hey, my Bruin brothers and sisters, back with another episode, a thrilling episode, I must say. Yeah, we of, are. Of Bruce Strong. So, Justin, these, these BN Army dog tags? Yeah. Very cool. Whose idea was this? Well, first of all, they're top secret, Jamil. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> top secret. Uh, I know I'll give credit to uh, Code and Gucci Ooh, found them. Go. We've been looking for BN Army dog tags for a while. Sweet. And I knew it wasn't your idea. No, no. Uh, Code and Gucci not only found dog tags, but they found bottle opener dog tags. So oh. the only issue is we're just trying to find the right place to order them from. Uh-huh. Code has laser etched those for us uh, himself. And With had, his laser eyesight? Yeah, I guess so. And had offered to do that for us on an ongoing basis. And I said, Code, I don't Your think Your eyes you will know. get so tired. <laughs> you won't be able to see anything. Yeah. Well, I said, I don't think you know what you're getting yourself into. Yeah, I mean, we're going to sell... You need like 30,000 of those at least. <laughs> People are going to go nuts for them. So uh, I actually got my mother, who's starting to take over some of Her the Her eyesight's not quite as good as Code's, though. But she has more time. <laughs> so, so. Her laser is a little slower. Yeah. But... Uh, yeah, she got more time. Yeah, uh, she's uh, trying to uh, get our supplier n- n- organized so that we can order enough of them. It's one of those items that I can't order a small amount of. They're going to go <laughs> quick. No, oh, so, yeah, all yeah, or nothing. Yeah, you need like a hundred thousand of these things. So just keep an eye on the store for that. It's one of those. It'll be a cheap item that you can. It's a, a BN bottle opener dog tag. They're pretty sweet. Unless people really want them, then maybe it'll be like nineteen ninety five. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's like a piece of aluminum. <laughs> you know, I have been hey, testing. You know, them, if somebody with their laser eyes has etched this thing, though, yeah, yeah, you know, that's that's pretty pretty pricey. There, you, you can't get that just anywhere. No, you can't. You know, speaking for the Joe, the homebrewers out there, I got to tell you, Justin, there's been a few people upset at Jamil. Yeah. Uh, well, from one of the one <laughs> of the one of the Bruce Strongs, he was talking about you know Halloween and how he was uh, you know taking his kids out. First off, he forgot to mention that he uh, uh, you know Doppelbach sure. is his favorite brew of choice. Then, but then he Weizenbach. Up, do you do you remember what the people he, in Australia know? It's Weizenbach. Weizenbach. All right. Well, you remember what he dressed up as for that episode, You know when, when he was going out. I don't remember. Freddy Krueger. Oh yeah. Now it, it, what the, the problem <laughs> it is? Did. Yeah. You see, it's appalling because what we need to do. You brought him a Pope hat. Pope hat. Get Jamil. <laughs> he never again should be Freddy Krueger. And more than that, I think every time he goes to a brewing-related event... He should have the Pope hat on. I, I was thinking, actually, every time in public, maybe... Dude, that's a pretty just... sweet Pope hat. <laughs> it's what? pretty nice. Why don't you put I'll it on? You, I'll tell you what it's missing. Your your scepter. Those, it's like, like beer sippy Oh, it's got a size adjuster, side. too, for my, my giant head. That's good, because it's swelling as, as we go, I can tell. <laughs> You know what's missing is a uh, hop grenade on this bed. Oh, oh, true. We, we can, can we can make that happen. You know, put a hop grenade like right on the front. Oh, yeah. I assume it's worn <laughs> in this so direction. Great. Huh? Huh? Yeah, we <laughs> can make that happen. <laughs> Too so bad the camera isn't. But a hop grenade right on the front, and uh, we'd be we'd be good to go. <laughs> oh, what does that make John please say? The altar boy. <laughs> I mean, seriously. <laughs> You know? I think there's, that's without question. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's at least Jamil. been our relationship. I've been Jamil. abusing him like like a like 
Like an altar boy. Yeah. Well, that now like, I, a, like a priest does to an altar boy. I feel so much more comfortable sitting in this room with the Pope now. This is a quality, <laughs> a quality Pope yeah. hat. I think it's a little small for me. I have my giant head. And, uh, oh, no, it stretches yeah, a little bit. There you go. Exactly. It's kind of like those uh, trucker caps with the one size fits all uh, yeah, type of cap. Or, I think this is good. This is keeping my head warm. Good for the winter days in the studio. It does look great. Hey. It's perfect. I'm thinking I, 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 I wear this 24 hours a day. <laughs> I'm going to wear this to work uh, come uh, come Monday. That's right. Why is Palmer AWOL? Uh, you know, he's probably peeing, forgot about the show. Doesn't really matter. We we go without him. Okay. He's, an, he's a critical part of the show, That's after right. all. I see. <laughs> you know, i got to tell you, though, his book, uh, How to Brew, that is... It's an 8 out of 10. You know, it's... What, it's what you told me. It was yeah. an 8 out of 10. Yeah. It is. It's, but I, wa- I wanted to talk about, you know... As a beginning brewer, you get this book. This will teach you. I mean, talk about brewing strong. This book will do it. Yeah. The second best book, Ray Daniels' book, uh, uh, Brewing, uh, Designing Great Beers. Yeah. Amazing. And by far the best book, as Jamil knows, is without a doubt. Hustler. No, The Fungus Among Us by uh, Chris White. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. if you have that. Now, I thought, I thought we talked about this, and you know how you got a ride here, and it's a long walk back home. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, the best book out there is Brewing Classic Styles, yeah. which you can pick up in the uh, Brewing Network store. Sign. You get a copy signed by both uh, John Palmer and myself. Right. And, uh, uh, you know, oh, speaking speak of the devil. Hello. What do you think, John? <laughs> I was thinking somebody like maybe Joe Formanek and Ray Daniels could get together and make a book, you know, about like a designing classic style, something <laughs> like that. You know, give designing us the Designing how to brew classic <laughs> yeah, style. exactly. <laughs> Something perfect. No, they can't. They can't top Jamil and I. I no, it's impossible. Well, there now he's go. got the blessing. We yeah. would like to see designing <laughs> how to brew radical classic style sometime soon. <laughs> We're working on it. We're working on it. It's, it's taking a lot of uh, glue sticks and uh, scissors yeah. in order to uh, to make that happen. All right, today we're talking about uh, a, a, a very uh, uh, a subject dear, close and dear to my heart: sanitizing. Yep. The, uh, the sanitization, the sister of cleaning, and the key to good beer. Well, and uh, the the, uh, the 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 I'm totally lost here. Train left the station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and I wasn't. Palmer on that. says sister, and Jamil can't uh, can't get his <laughs> tray's brain back on track. <laughs> well, he's got the Pope hat on. You know, right. kind of. It's, it's making my brain too warm. I think. Um, <laughs> The uh, the uh, the thing I was going to say was uh, you know cleaning and sanitization uh, you know go hand in hand yeah. and uh, not too long ago uh, maybe what uh, four weeks or six weeks eight weeks or something like that <laughs> God knows how long it is in in, in real human time uh, podcaster time and radio time it's totally mm-hmm. different uh, we had John Herskovitz from uh, Five Star yep and he Excellent was helping show. us out on cleaning now do we have john available for us not quite yet i'm working but on we it. will have john uh with us today with us today to talk uh, sanitization and you know the thing that that bring this up is uh you know we get tons of uh emails from people asking about uh you know various questions and sanitizing is is clearly one of them if you do have a question for the brew strong show you email us uh brew strong at the brewing network.com and uh, you can ask any question, and and uh, we will address uh, it on the show. We'll address it on the show, right? We won't uh, won't necessarily cover all of them. If you need immediate brewing help, 
that is not the email address to you right. <laughs> because uh, that's just for show suggestions and things like that, comments on the show. Uh, if they're bad comments, we'll just ignore them. If they're good comments, we'll uh, rub them all over our bodies. If there <laughs> are show ideas and they sound good, yeah. we'll we'll go ahead and, uh, and go with those. Uh, my good friend, Ross Lunato. Uh, out in Chicago, a uh, great guy. He came out and actually brewed with me. Uh, he was one of the winners of a uh, 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 brew session with uh, with myself. He yeah, came what out. The, what was the uh, contest? Uh, what was the contest there? You remember? Uh, it was people who donated like you know, oh yes, fifty right. or a hundred bucks uh, towards. Uh, um, uh, yes, uh, unfortunately, the, the Brewers Association. Um, I'm just drawing a blank. Um, anyways, uh, Ross had uh, uh, sent me an email, and he was, uh, you know, saying a lot of great things about me and and how I helped the home brewing industry. So, which is one of the reasons why I enjoyed this email so much. But he said, "I like to request <laughs> that you do a show completely committed to sanitation. What's important for me is the system and process you go through during sanitation, methodologies for sanitizing different equipment." tubing, racking canes, oxygen stones, and whether you rinse or not, and if you do, preparing and using the rinse water, etc. Transferring wort without infection from brew pot to fermenter, how long in advance do you start the sanitizing process, and how long do you wait for the equipment to drip dry before using would be a great topic. I could go on and on about sanitation, but I believe that improper sanitation technique is preventing me from making a so... uh, or is preventing? Uh, no, he's it's making. A, yeah, he's uh, a little typo here. He's making a, a so-so beer, and it's preventing him from making a really great beer. Uh, anyway, I just thought I would make a suggestion for a show. Yours truly, Ross. Excellent. And I, I think that's uh, that's excellent. Uh, that is really what we want to cover. It's not just um, oh yeah, you know, measure out your chemicals, throw them in, and uh, you know, there you go, you're sanitized. But a little bit more than that. How you know that, and those are the types of things that I think the books don't cover. It's kind of the process, and you know some of the tricks of the trade. <laughs> and uh, with us today to uh, go over those tricks of the trade is uh, uh, John Herskovitz from uh, Five Star uh, Makers of Star Sand, one of uh, our favorite uh, sanitizing, sanitizing proper projects. Uh, you there, John? I am here. How are you guys? Excellent. Great. Thanks for joining awesome. us again. And, My pleasure. Uh, uh, I, I wanted to uh, uh, talk sanitizing with you. Sanitizing. All right. So one, one of my favorite topics. <laughs> absolutely. Is it? Isn't it? Everybody's. We'll keep this show clean. <laughs> ah! That's why. That's why I brought you that, that witty humor. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, John. So can you? Give one thing we want to always start off with is is kind of a definition of what we're talking about. So, fundamentally, what is sanitizing? What you know? Give give me a definition of of sanitary. Sanitary definition of sanitary. Um, <laughs> I, I I guess the best thing is a clean surface, um, but. To sanitize, you must kill the bugs. There's three different levels of kill um, when we're talking about food and food processes. You have sterilize, 
you have disinfect, and then you have sanitize. Sanitize is the least of the amount, or of the three, um, as far as the total number of kill. Um, we measure sanitize by how many bugs are left after we've killed it. Um, and what the reason why you don't necessarily need to be at disinfect um, or a sterilize, whereas a sanitize is lower. However, you don't want to rinse and reintroduce more bacteria or something else. So it's a low enough level that will provide high enough kill, but not harm the food. Does that make sense? So I guess a, a reduce some. So you're reducing the bacteria to uh, manageable levels, or negligible Correct. levels. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. I am. Um, were the impact of, of any uh, bacteria or wild yeast is not going to affect the overall flavor uh, because the uh, yeast you are pitching is going to outcompete what's left and uh, eat up all the available uh, uh, exactly. sugars and, and, and nutrients and really reduce it to a low nutrient state, uh, lower pH, the alcohol, the hops, all that's going to help keep it stable. and. Uh, yeah. And so you're trying to drive it down to that that uh, competition point where it's uh, at a serious disadvantage. Well, and and to put things in perspective, I, I don't have the exact number in front of me, but let's say we start off with a million cells. Um, there's less than one left. Um, that okay. would be sanitized. Okay, mm-hmm. but to get it, we have to have a uh, between a six and a nine log kill. And then disinfect is a higher kill. So that's that's a good definition is we've reduced it to the point at which it's not going to grow or it's not going to overwhelm the rest of the beer. Okay. Because there's just general bacteria floating through the air all the time. Now, and, and like we talked earlier, the in one of the previous shows was, uh, you know, one of the fundamental things is proper cleaning. You can't sanitize until you've cleaned properly. And... Uh, you know, no amount of sanitizer is going to sanitize a dirty vessel. That's absolutely correct. I, um, it, we're, we're, we do the two shows separately, cleaning and then now sanitizing, but they really go hand in hand. You cannot sanitize a dirty vessel. Um, either the bacteria is going to stay underneath the dirt or the organic material, um, or the dirt that's on the vessel is going to make your sanitizer not work. Mm-hmm. And, and so you're absolutely correct. You must clean first, and you, you always do. In food processing, we always clean, rinse, then sanitize. It's just a, it's a two-step process, clean, then sanitize. Always a two-step, and there's no one product that does both uh, truly effectively and, is, and doesn't leave some sort of residual that you, that you don't want in, in your beer. Anyone, there's a couple out there on the market that claim to be a one-step cleaner sanitizer, and um, I'll argue with them that they are not one step. The cleaner may also sanitize, but you have to do it in a two-step process. You must first clean, rinse, and then come back and sanitize. So um, anyone who is out on the market claiming that their product saves them time by um, putting it in, and it's a one-step process. It's bogus. Hmm. Don't don't fall for it. Okay, and I, I I'm with you 100 percent on that. And I think uh, you know it's like anything where it's like when you when you go to uh, 
you know, uh, you know, clean and wax your car. Uh, you know, you get those one-step things. Uh, you know, you, you know, it's a huge difference if you clean your your, your vehicle properly and then uh, apply a good uh, uh, wax to it. And and you know, it's the 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 combined products tend to to do a decent job, but not not nearly uh, as effective. And I think when you're out to make the best beer possible. Uh, you know, paying close attention to your cleaning and sanitizing steps are are uh, very important. All right, so John, on on uh, so now that we understand what uh, sanitizing is, what what's our our steps? Give us give us some basic methods. Let's say uh, I've got my fermentation vessel, and let's say uh, for a for a for a carboy, for a plastic bucket, for a plastic carboy, for a stainless steel conical. How do I sanitize those things? Well, uh, the you have a lot of options to sanitize. Uh, just like you did when you cleaned, uh, you can soak it, you can manual clean it, but um, and you have various different sanitizers, different types of chemicals, and the one you pick would change how you would do it. Um, so the best advice is always read the instructions on whatever bottle you have. If we're going to talk about, say, uh, star sand, for example, um, your carboy, uh, best recommendation is to fill it up, to add one ounce and five gallons of water, and uh, let it soak. Uh, minimum contact time of about three minutes, and um, you're good to go. Now, Some guys like to uh, shake it up. They like to add the star sand in first and let the foam go in there, and the foam will kill. Um, it's just that contact time of the, the solution, the sanitizing solution that does the kill. What makes it a sanitizer? I mean, what's, what's different from star sand than, let's say, a PBW that actually kills the bugs? Um, well, star sand is an acid anionic which kills where PBW is an alkali. It's on the um, right. the wrong side of the pH scale. Um, some some people claim that, say, straight caustic, uh, if you boil straight caustic, it will have some uh, sanitizing effects, and that's true to a certain point, but it's also because you're boiling it and it's burning the piss out of the, uh, um, the, the metal in the surface. But PBW does not kill. It will remove, physically remove the bugs, or the dirt, but it won't kill them um, to the point where we can measure it and call it a sanitized surface. So star sand, what it does, the best way to, to explain star sand is it has the wetting agent which goes in, opens up the surface, allows the acid to go in and kill it from the inside out. By wetting so, agent, you mean a surfactant? Correct. Okay. And it actually... So it's an acid. There's a pH where that becomes effective or non-effective, hence the dilution you're talking about, right? Exactly. Uh, star sand, um, in particular, the pH below 3.5 is where it's active. Okay. Um, and every sanitizer has an optimal pH range. For example, sodium hypochlorite, which is common household bleach, a lot of people use that to um, sanitize, but you're not killing um, or you, you will kill certain things, but you won't kill larger organisms or yeast um, at the natural pH that it sits at. If you take bleach and put it into water, you're going to get a pH of around 12. It won't kill unless you get the pH of around 9. Hmm. So that's a disadvantage a lot of people don't know about bleach. As, um, it's, it's a little tricky to deal with. Star sand's nice. You add it to the water. It's already there. The pH is where it's at, and you go might clean John Palmer's conscience after GABF. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Now, now, what about uh, another common uh, uh, product people use iota for? Now, yep. uh, now, how does that work, and 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 what's the, what's the proper pH for that? Iodine um, is an, is another halogen, just like uh, chlorine is, and um, the. The natural, when you put it in a solution, it's actually an insoluble rock, believe it or not. Um, but we um, we solubilize it with surfactants and various things, or emulsify it, sorry, is the, it's, is the proper word. And the proper pH should be less than 5. Anything above that, and it'll actually create a, a gas, which is very dangerous. Yes, we're creating um, gases in the studio right now, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but that one's an, it, it's a no-brainer again. Um, it should always live in that acidic pH. It shouldn't go as low as star sand would, though. It, it would probably be around uh, four. But uh, iodophore, uh, it doesn't kill the bad, the bacteria the same way that it, the uh, star sand does. Does it? Is or it's a different mechanism? Well, completely different mechanism. It's a halogen. Um, so it just kind of poisons it. Yeah, exactly. So you're going to be like radioactive or something? Uh, I don't know. Iodine <clears throat> radioactivity after having putting that in you. I mean, you know. No, iodine is um, when when used at the correct concentration won't harm you or your beer. Now some people do suggest that it will impart flavors um, into the beer, um, but it is a no rinse sanitizer when used at around um, twelve and a half to twenty five parts per million. The biggest disadvantage with iodine is it turns everything red. Red or purple. That's also one of the greatest advantages is you've known where you've applied it, and wherever you've applied it, it's killed it. Um, so it works. It will kill. Well, and I think one thing that, that you're bringing up now that uh, uh, really applied in the cleaning show was you need to know your concentration of your products, right? So don't just willy-nilly pour some in and look for color or foam or whatever it might be. I mean, that's fine, but uh, measuring your your amount of your sanitizer and making an appropriate solution uh, actually can be far more effective than just randomly uh, dumping some in, right? You're absolutely correct, Emil. There's two issues that come to mind. Um, Number one, if you don't have enough, you're not going to kill. These all sanitizers are tested by a third-party lab and then sent to the EPA to be verified that, yes, they, they kill and they do exactly what we say they do. Well, those are under certain circumstances. So, for example, um, star sand, it's one ounce and five gallons of water. That will kill. If you go less than that, say a half an ounce, I can't guarantee that it's going to kill because I ran it at the specific uh, concentration. On the flip side, if I go too concentrated, now is it going to kill? You betcha. But it's going to exceed the uh, no rinse. And so now you could be at a level where the residual in your equipment could be harmful to you. And can that star sand, if if you have it, let's say, in a bottle per se, will it have the same effectiveness if you spray it on something? Correct. Yes, the with star sand with all of them, it's uh, contact time. Okay. So, so star sand, you could spray it on the surface instead of say soaking it. You could you could mist it or spray it onto a spray bottle. You just have to make sure that the surface that you want to sanitize remains wet 
four. I'm saying three minutes because that's what my label is. I actually get killed within 30 seconds. I have, I have, I get my sanitizing within 30 seconds, but um, all my labels and everything, I, I say three minutes just to uh, cover myself. But keep it wet for 30 seconds at least. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, li- I like to keep it wet longer than that, well, but you know, yeah, me. that's me. I, I like I like the wetness factor. Thirty's it for me, so that's good. Yeah. <laughs> that's as long as Justin can, <laughs> yeah. can, can last. The pH is low enough. He likes the paper yeah. towel. Get, get dry. <laughs> okay. All right. With all that fine uh, uh, radio passing through here, let's take a break and uh, compose ourselves better, and uh, we'll get back into sanitizing right after this. Smart. Brew Strong. This is Brew Strong. Hey, Push, the new brewery's looking good. Thanks, Finn. Piece by piece. Well, let's fire her up. Whoa! Is that a new kettle? Yeah, just got it brand new, but paid half price. What? And that blade scale? 40% off. The new tap handle? Five bucks instead of 13. Got a new regulator for the brew stand, too, but five bucks instead of 25. Dude, where are you stealing all this stuff from? Where else? The more beer deal of the day. Announcing the Beer, Beer, and More Beer Deal of the Day. Every day, a new fantastic deal from big items to small that will blow you away. Boil kennels, carboy carriers, sterile siphon starters, digital timers. Watch morebeer.com every day for a new deal, and you just might find the item you've been waiting for at a price you cannot believe. Hurry, because stock is limited on most items. And that sweet Guinness cap, let me guess. The, the more, more beer, beer deal, deal of the day. day. Yeah, I knew it. Come on, let's brew something. Find the more beer deal of the day at morebeer.com. Celebrity voices impersonated. Hi, I'm Sean O'Sullivan, the brewmaster and co-founder of the 21st Amendment Brewery and Restaurant in San Francisco. Six years ago, Nico Frecci and I opened the 21st Amendment on 2nd Street with the intent of bringing back the local neighborhood brew pub. Well, the neighborhood has really changed over the years, but the 21st Amendment still remains a great place for people to meet over a terrific meal and a tasty pint of beer. In the past, the only way you could enjoy the 21st Amendment's handcrafted beers was at the brew pub. Well, all that has changed. Now, the 21st Amendment beers are a Available in cans. That's right, cans. When was the last time you had a great beer in a can? Well, that day has come. We're offering our world-famous watermelon wheat and 21A IPA in cans. Cans are a better package than glass because cans keep the beer fresher longer, but you can also take cans to places where bottles can't go, like the beach, lake, golf courses, and sporting events. So join us in the revolution to take back the can from the big breweries and crack open a cold 21A craft beer in a can. The 21st Amendment, 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Okay, I rolled a 15 and I get a plus two from my yeast starter. Nope, sorry, you failed your roll. Your beer is infected. No way! You had to be at a 24. It's schizosaccharomyces. This sucks! I just failed versus oxidation! Our party is fracked! Doug's the only one left and his beer is a Berliner Weiss! 
What's this? A tea party? Hey, this is a brew session, man. Get lost. Is that an actual beer? Yeah, I crafted it. I don't really uh, use the dice anymore. I'm a 10th level beer nerd. Are you a 10th level beer nerd? Does your significant other know the difference between an Irish red ale and a Flanders red ale? Do you burp, strizzle, spalt, and fart? Why yeast 2308? Then you're in good company at Northern Brewer. Northern Brewer has all your beer nerd needs, ingredients, equipment, and knowledge 24 hours a day at northernbrewer.com. Plus, fast, cheap shipping, only $7.99 for the contiguous USA. And check out Northern Brewer's huge selection of dorky beer kits, including the socially awkward Patters beer and the sci-fi convention showstopper number eight make 10th level at northernbrewer.com sit down next to it grab yourself a paper towel and watch those yeast have sex you're listening to the Google network back to the beer guys that make other beer guys look like wine guys brew strong we're back. We're, we're talking sanitizing with uh, John Herskovitz from uh, Five Star. I've also got in studio here my good buddy, John Palmer, and uh, also my Another friend from uh, uh, up north, uh, Nick Burton. Yeah, he comes from, like, uh, the North Pole. Yeah. yeah. I live in the Never Never. I lived close to Jamil for five years, and, you know, the first time I ever saw him, emailed him back and forth for a year, was at the GABF. Actually, I had to go to Colorado to see, even though I live 20 minutes away. That's right. I pretty much blew him off for <laughs> yeah. uh, a couple of years yeah. and told him, uh, no, sorry, Slam uh, the door. too busy, uh, come back later. Actually, and met then, John Palmer and Jamil for the first time together. I didn't know which one was which. <laughs> saw Palmer, and he was uh, Obviously attractive We, we do look like brothers. Yeah. yeah, a little bit. A little twins. Yeah. You both look a little like Denzel, I think. Jay-Z must That's not right. have had his hat on. He didn't have his nice. hat on. He didn't have my Pope uh, hat. Yeah. There you go. All right, so uh, I'm sorry. Where were we? We were talking uh, sanitizing with John, who's very kindly joined us uh, uh, from Colorado. From Colorado, and uh, we were talking about uh, contact times and uh, how long to keep it wet. <laughs> and uh, uh, you like it wet for a while, and was it Nick only likes it for thirty seconds? I'm sorry about that, Justin. John, you should have known I, that by now. Yeah. I apologize, Nick. That's yeah, okay. Some people are contact time challenged. Yeah. yeah. So three minutes by by formal law, but uh, you're probably starting to get some. You know, by then all the kill you're gonna get is is done by three minutes. You're not going to get any more kill by leaving it ten minutes, twenty minutes. We're talking about Starsin now, correct? Yes. yes. Okay, sorry, I just got to qualify that. No, I, I um, think I think that's important. Yeah. I have I, I get killed. Almost instantly, starting mm-hmm. to kill. Right. I get acceptable kill within 30 seconds. Three minutes is um, where I would consider it sanitized. The longer, sure, longer, better. I know guys that do it for half an hour or an hour. They even leave it in overnight. Mm-hmm. You're not, um, you're not going to do any harm in doing that. Any benefit? Um, I've killed everything within three minutes. So. Okay. You know, well, where, where, at what point do you reach disinfection level? I mean, is it three minutes or ten minutes or? Um, it, it would be an increased concentration level and an increased time. So I would have to increase the concentration um, probably two to three times the amount, if not five times, and a longer contact time of, say, 10 to 15 So an ounce per gallon at that point and uh, maybe and 10 15 to 15 minutes, minutes and but, then you would be disinfecting. 
Yeah, uh, but we don't need to. I mean, that's and, yeah. And to be honest, that number's a uh, I'm. Just I'm pulling, pulling out that of the off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah. I have no proof on that. Now, now I, I know people are going to ask, it's like, is there a point where you could actually sterilize with, with star sand at a certain concentration in time? Um, maybe. <laughs> um, to sterilize. Because you got the spores and the, uh, and the cysts and things like that um, that need to be you, broken could down. Could you go to that level? Um, Yes, a high enough concentration, a long enough time, you could be getting to larger organisms. Um, however, the only reason you ever need to get to that level is for medical facilities such as hospitals. John, you haven't seen my no. my, my brewery. <laughs> <laughs> John Palmer talked about his favorite thing with TTNA last time in the cleaning <laughs> oh. show, and yeah. the, the, he had the time. We we got that nailed. We know three minutes and. Then the other T, temperature, does that matter when you're using a star sand more effective at, let's say, 110, 115F or, or, or um, 60 well, degrees temperature is very Australia important. Friends. However, tap wa- or normal um, lukewarm water is ideal. And how about the A? Do we, do we leave the A off? Agitation. Agitation. Um, ad, you know, agitation is always uh, is great. However, it's not necessary. Um, if you've properly cleaned, right? Yes. If you properly clean and you get it in there, it's the same. I mean, when people talk about PBW and they say, you know, I soaked it overnight and everything went away and it worked, or I took it and in 30 seconds I used my a sponge or a scrub pad and I scrubbed it, well, that's the agitation. Hmm. Um, as far as killing, um, everything's already removed because you cleaned it, so now we're in there killing. It's that contact time that's really doing it. Agitation probably doesn't do anything except get into the cracks and crevices um, but it, it, if you're using a proper sanitizer, you're getting in there anyway. So no, I would don't worry about agitation. All right. Okay. Good to know. Good. But John, I'm on thinking... the temperature though, it is important to not exceed. Say star sand, for example, don't go above one ten or one twenty. Okay. Is there okay. a lower limit? Uh, freezing or? Um, well, I mean, if it's solid, right. <laughs> if clean it's ice right there. It, then you can't really kill anything, can you? Right, right. Um, but trying to acidify, uh, when you acidify the, the water, um, it will lower the freezing point. Hydrogen ions. But it'll it'll sanitize just as effectively at 40 degrees uh, F or, you know, 10C as uh, will at, you know, 20C or uh, 30C, yes. right? Correct. Okay. Uh, one question I'm at the Hammond Johns. We're talking about these, you know, star sand, iota four. Those are, I, in my opinion, I guess, are the most too effective uh, in terms of you know contact time and and cost to uh, and uh, convenience to a home brewer, at least in the U.S. Uh, you know, but if you know other parts of the world, or you know, if you if you don't have you know access to um, to iota four or star sand um you know what what other what's what's the next best alternative i mean is it heat is it uh um, lysol is it you know bleach i mean what what what's what's the next best alternative to to star sand and and iota four oh that's uh now now we're going to get into you know personal preference um sure but that's why we're that's why we're broadcasting (laughs) versus brewing strong yeah Heat um, heat works, okay. Boiling water 
um, will work. Steam works. That will kill. In fact, that's what industry used to use before we started using chemicals. Um, so if you've got nothing else, boil the water. Take a pot, start boiling water, and dip all your tools in that hot water for a period of time, and that will kill. Um, so that's, in a pinch, a good way to do it. Problem is that takes a long time to boil the water and a lot of energy, and then you're dealing with hot metal. Longer hot contact time and uh, a lot more dangerous, I would think. Well, and, you know, most plastics that I know, when you heat them to those temperatures, usually degrade or go back to their original state. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you break those down, and so that's not a good thing to elevate the temperature yeah. to that point. Warp your racking tube kind of thing. Exactly. Um, if you wanted a chemical, common household bleach will work. Sodium hypochlorite will kill. Okay, do not exceed 200 parts per million. Um, then it, above 200 parts per million, you're definitely beyond no rinse. You would have to rinse after that. So that's um, beyond one tablespoon per gallon, right? Well, again, now it depends on the concentration you're starting with. And how warped um, the tube is, John. Yeah, yeah. What? But, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, most most common household bleach is like two and a quarter percent, two and a half. You can get some that's five and a quarter. Um, I'll go all the way up to ten or twelve percent. But you you were saying earlier that bleach is more effective as a sanitizer when it's at a pH of nine versus a pH of twelve. Yeah. So you need a certain amount of dilution with bleach for it to actually sanitize, right? Correct. Well, but what you would have to do to activate and get that down is you'd have to acidify it. Because no uh, matter what you do, when you took the bleach and you put, say, well, you were saying a tablespoon in a gallon of water or a tablespoon in five gallons of water, for example, um, or one ounce in five gallons of water would get you close, you would need to add a little vinegar to lower the pH. The problem is if you lower it too much, you're going to release chlorine gas and then kill yourself. <laughs> So don't do good. that. Yeah, it's, that's one of the drawbacks, I think, yeah. there. If you kill yourself, yeah. it, it, it makes it, it hard know, to get your next batch. Uh, mustard gas. If there's anything we learned from, you know, those fancy World War Two or World War Wars. <laughs> Seventh grade science class. Yeah. World War One. Yeah. yeah, World War One is uh, mustard gas uh, kills people. Um, so I do not recommend anyone ever add vinegar or any acid to bleach um yes you can do it if you know what you're doing but it's very dangerous just don't do it um i'd rather you ha you double up on the bleach and have a longer contact time and you will kill most organisms you're not going to kill the uh larger stuff but you will kill most things uh, other thing other options um hydrogen peroxide a lot of people love peroxyacetic acid and um, hydrogen peroxide because they're environmentally friendly. They break down to vinegar and water. Um, how do you, how they, do you make that what? solution? Um, do you pour you know straight three percent hydrogen peroxide on the surface, or uh, what do we do there? Um, well, now we're going to get creative. <laughs> okay. um, hydrogen peroxide, 3%, would definitely kill. Um, peroxyacetic acid, I believe the numbers are going to need to be around 640 parts per million or higher in order to kill, which would be pretty high. 3% peroxide is, is pretty strong, but it would definitely work, and you need longer contact time. But it will have some um, biocidal claims. In fact, the... Hydrogen peroxide that's sold in the stores is all sold as mouthwash. Hmm. 
you you put it in your mouth and it burns like heck. But um, what it's doing is it's killing any bacteria that's, that happens to be in your mouth. So if if you've got, assuming the average brewer can get Star Sand or Iota for comparable product around the world, you know. Sometimes I feel like I've, no offense, but I put your kids through college. I've used so much star in my brewery. I want to know, uh, what can I use this stuff for? I mean, not only just for sanitizing during the brew day, but, uh, you know, I've got these beer lines. Cocktails. Cocktails, exactly. Mouthwash. Roofies. No, I don't know what it can be used for. Mouthwash. But can can I use this for uh, cleaning my, my beer lines? Let's say I have, uh, you know... Some lines I've got uh, Russian Imperial Stout in that's you know three months old and I want to clear them out. Will it clear penetrate the plastics to do that? Uh, cleaning out the plastic brew bucket, the Erlenmeyer flask to make a starter, etc. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> quick, okay. Short, short, quick answer is yes. There's uh, amazing um, other applications for it. However, I have to be very careful um, in order to get the EPA to put a nice little stamp that says that they are going to certify that it kills. If you ever look at a uh, label of Starshan, um, the very first line of anything that has an EPA sanitizer on there says this can only be used, it's a violation of federal law to use this in any way, shape, or form that's outside of what's on the label. Right. So it's to sanitize a uh, non-porous hard surface. Well, most um, labels, when you know, when we go to the um, EPA and get stuff, our labels are 10, 12, 15 pages long, and they're like eight-point font because of all the various applications. They want you to list everything. But, it's to be used on this. But this, for general this. brewing applications, it pretty much these products, Iota 4, Star Sand, can be used to clean anything that needs to be clean that the beer is going to be touching on the cold side then. Um, yes. Well, and you're mixing up word clean and sanitize. Okay. Sanitize, um, I should say. Yeah, sanitize. Sanitize. That was another show, cleaning. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Um, yes, they can be used on, on all the surfaces. Um, to disinfect, say, a carpet, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it. Right, right. Because okay. um, that's considered a porous material. Yeah, and iodophore is going to stain your, your vinyl and plastic materials in, in the brewery, too. Yes, it will. Um, it'll kill. Yeah. But it will definitely stain it. That's the biggest complaint I have in all the large breweries is they use iodophore and they, they, they swear by it, but eventually they can't see the beer flowing through their lines anymore because um, they're all red or purple, <laughs> which is okay because then I turn around and sell them a new hose. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And but, that's, where I, that's where I put my kids through college. But they can, Yeah, there you go. Well, creative man. So, so it can be used in for any of these purposes here. Then, uh, uh, how about uh, you know, brew day comes. You, you've cleaned these things. We understand the contact time. Are, are professional brewers also using something like Star Sand? I mean, is this just the home brewers using, or is this something that everyone's using out there? Well, Star Sand's been around for a very long time. It originally um, started in the dairy industry. We used we we came up with Star Sand to um, replace. Um, Iota force in the dairy industries, and that's that's the main area we started in. A lot of them use it in, as part soaking. They don't in, in the large breweries. They don't really like the foam. Home brewers love the foam um, because it gets up and around. But when you're CIPing and putting things through high pressure spray balls, they um, they don't really like that 
shaving cream foam that StarSand will create. Um, so they use StarSand for part soaking, manual cleaning, spraying, um, sanitizing around the um, small parts and tubes and such. Um, but whenever they're CIPing their large tanks, they, they would use something such as a Santa Clean. Okay. Let's define that real quick, John. Uh, CIP meaning clean in place, right? Clean in place. Basically, you hook a pump up to the bottom. Um, you've got tanks that um, could be a couple hundred gallons up to a couple thousand gallons or even larger. And what, to CIP, basically, you're, um, you put a spray ball up in the top. It's kind of like a sprinkler head, I guess, and um, a small amount, and say with 50 gallons of water or cleaning solution, you recirc that through the tank, and it sprays and coats the sides of the tank down, and then they just pump it through instead of, saying, filling up 3,000 gallons um, and letting it soak. That that would waste an awful lot of money. That's right. That's one reason when I use uh, Star Sand, I often put it in a spray bottle and or just uh, mix up a, a quart of star sand solution and put it in the the glass carboy, shake it all around, let the foam uh, coat every surface, and that does the sanitizing for me rather than trying to make five gallons of star sand solution and let that soak there. I can get the the same result with just uh, foam or just getting it wet. That's um, that's a wonderful creative use. So we don't need a biohazard suit and a laminar flow hood and a we do cold we do we do come to, on that's, to, to that's be the reality is great homebrewers right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always tell people to wear their personal protective equipment wear your gloves safety glasses but star sand or get once your wife you've diluted it, it in one ounce and five gallons of water it's not going to hurt anyone uh-huh. right now now uh, well it's just to keep our personal contamination contained so we don't uh, contaminate other things that's why we need the biohazard suits. <laughs> It's it's not for fear of the star sand. It's for uh, fear of ourselves. I what kind of personal well, contamination I, yes, you've got you got over there? We do need that from you. Right. right. Well, and uh, that brings up an interesting point. Now, now, how how let's say we mix up an appropriate solution of uh, uh, star sand. We mix up an appropriate solution of uh, iota four. We mix up an appropriate solution of of uh, bleach. Uh, how long are these solutions stable for? How how long can we keep them? How do we tell if they're no longer effective? Uh, stuff like that. Now, me, I, I'm just mixing up fresh stuff all the time, and I, you know, being uh, rich and famous off of the show, I'm able to afford uh, copious amounts of, of sanitizer. But uh, not everybody listening is, is in the same uh, position as I am. Right. So <laughs> how long would that, that spray bottle of sanitizer last? Um, every single one of those is the answer is different. Um, bleach, bleach immediately starts volatizing the moment. I mean, it's 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 constantly, even in the concentrated form, degrading. Uh, if I had 10% bleach, it's stable for maybe a month, and then it drops to 8%. Five and a quarter stable for say six months. Two and a quarter stable for about a year or longer. But if you have a, a jug of bleach and you've had that in your um, house for say two or three years. It's not at 2% bleach or 5% bleach anymore. It's actually less. Same thing with your sanitizing solution when you dilute it down. It immediately starts volatizing and, and the chlorine goes away. So the best advice when you're dealing with bleach is get chlorine test strips. Uh-huh. You want something that measures the available chlorine, and you want to make sure that you're more than 20 parts per million, preferably 50 or 100, no more than 200. Okay. That's that's bleach. Iota four, same 
same thing. Iodine um, will degrade. Okay, it will volatize. It has a tendency of degrading and going down. Not like the bleach, though. Bleach does it so so fast. Iodine, I've got iodine um, that I pulled out that's uh, five, ten years old and measured it, and it's exactly the same it was in the very beginning when you store it properly. Once you put it into, say, a solution, you make up a 25 parts per million solution, it will start to go away over time. Even over 24 hours, it will um, lose its strength. So, again, the best advice is an iodine test strip. To, you just dip it in, and it tells you where you're at. One indicator, though, with the iodine is the color. Um, some people have calibrated eyes. They can look at it and tell you pretty much where it's at. If the solution is clear, like water, you, you don't, you're not killing. You don't have a high enough solution. If it uh, looks like um, chocolate milk or looks really milky, like the concentrated, you're probably way too strong. So, but it's somewhere in the middle. Diet uh, Coke, right? Yeah, yeah, somewhere like that. Um, star sand. The answer to sarsan is um, is the pH below 3.5 and is the solution clear? Okay, and actually the answer is sarsan and sandoclean. They're both the same thing, right. both acid anionics. As long as your solution is below 3.5, you're fine, and your solution is clear. Both products have a tendency of reacting with heavy metals in water, and the solution can turn cloudy. So assuming, the, okay, what? I was going to say, assuming you're using it right, then it it could be a good indefinitely. The star shine. Anyway. If you used um, distilled water, okay, and you made up your solution um, and you stored it properly in a closed um, container, yeah, okay. I, it will not break down. It's not going to be bad, and it'll stay there. Yeah, indefinitely. Because I, I got a. Uh, if this is all right, I got a question for to ask Jamil and you. Then, okay, so uh, the, assuming these products are working just fine, you know, uh, let's say I'm bottling my beer. I brought Jamil over a Scottish sixty ale the other day. Wanted him to taste it, and he says, "Ah, oh, this is pretty good ale. Uh, I think you should enter it in a competition as maybe a Berliner Weiss beer." <laughs> Scottish sixty. I'm like, "Oh man!" And obviously, I tasted one of his, and it was flawless. And his was like six years old. In the bottling process, is there something you should do to keep these these uh, beers clean with these products? Def- definitely sanitize your bottles. You yeah. must sanitize the bottles. Anyone who doesn't is foolish. Anyone who just uses straight tap water, no. You, you sanitize your bottles. Uh, don't fear the foam if you're going to talk about star sand um, from that standpoint. And uh, don't be afraid of it imparting off odors and flavors. Um, that's the best advice. And if you want it to last five years sanitize all your equipment, your bottling, your filler, inside out, outside of the bottles, you name it. Just sanitize everything. And ensure that those bottles are clean. I can't tell you the number of times people are like, oh, yeah, yeah, I rinse out my bottles really well, and then I sanitize them, and, you know, they'll use them. And, uh, you know, the the crud that builds up in those bottles from, from storing beer in them, especially uh, homebrew that's unfiltered, um, or you know, pour homebrew and a cigarette butt falls out. Yeah, yeah. You know, you gotta you gotta make sure that those those bottles are spotlessly clean before you sanitize them. Now, my trick is to use brand new bottles every time. I don't uh, reuse bottles. I give them away to other homebrewers or I recycle them. And uh, 
it may be to the extreme, but I'm very lazy, and uh, you know the problem with cleaning, uh, you know, is something that has got that narrow an opening. It's very difficult to see inside. They're opaque, or you know, almost nearly so, uh, with the brown bottles. It makes it very difficult to uh, ensure that you're spotlessly clean, but it makes it sure spotlessly clean and then sanitize appropriately. Now, Jamil, you buy brand new bottles every time. Do you clean it and then sanitize it, or Uh, just fill? uh, Oh, I always sanitize. Now, um, you know, cleaning it depends. You know, generally, I'm fine with just rinsing them out. I do a rinse stage first, and then I sanitize. Uh, in order to, uh, you know, but uh, generally I don't clean them if they're brand new bottles. The, the other area that a lot of people don't even think about is the crown or the cap. Yeah. Uh, Caps need to be sanitized, everything. And you need yeah. to make sure you and your wife are wearing masks <laughs> and gloves. And, uh, no, no, no. no. Uh, you know, maybe that's the way that works for me. But uh, yeah. I, um, when I was brewing, uh, the, f- the first time I went to, um, to bottle, um, and I keg all my beer now, but when I was um, putting things into bottles, we, uh, we spent so much time cleaning and sanitizing the bottle and then grabbed the cap right out of the bag. And afterwards, I put them on. I said, oh, man, yeah. I didn't sanitize right. those caps. Well, and if you've, if you've been to uh, you know, a place where they break down these grosses of caps down into small bags that you buy at the homebrew shop, they're not doing that under you know, totally sterile conditions. They're, you know, they're just <laughs> grabbing a handful out of the bag and, you know, and toss them in there and weighing them out, you got to sanitize those things. And yep. even if they're oxy caps, and I know people say, well, you know, the second they get wet, the the oxygen absorbing quality of the cap is, you know, don't care. I want them sanitized right. before <laughs> they go on my beer. Far more important, uh, you know, and I go those routes. One thing I wanted to say about uh, iodophore and the concentration of iodophore, uh, you know, yeah, if, if you've got the ability to somehow detect parts per million of, of iodophore, that's, that's, that would be amazing. I think a lot of homebrewers do it that way. And the problem is the, the, um, uh, the, the, the path that you're looking through at the time when you're judging the color, uh, you know, the, the thicker the path, so, you know, you've got a, a, a larger volume of iodophore and you're looking through 10 inches of it versus, you know, one inch of it. Um, you're going to, uh, you know, the, the color's going to appear different. Same thing on the, on the, uh, the reflectivity and opacity of, of the background and, you know, the vessel you're looking through, uh, lighting, the type of light. All these things are going to affect the color that you see in uh, your iodophore. Put your iodophore in a white plastic bucket. Put your iodophore in a glass uh, uh, vessel. Put your iodophore in something else, you know, a stainless vessel. And tell me the, the color of those three things is the same or they're totally different. So you need to measure. And you don't need, you know, the, the test strips are good, but if you're, um, you know, if you want to see over time, but, uh, you know, measure out your concentration, you know, before you add to, to your water. And, uh, you know, same thing with star sand. Measure these things. You'll, you'll save money. And uh, you'll also, it, it, both from not using enough or using too much, you know. Where are we going to get out for test strips? Or? Uh, they'll send them to you. Those, uh, any, every large bottle of BTF uh, Iodophore has got a little uh, thing on the back says for a free 25 test strips. Just send this in. They, they oh, send them okay. to you. It's good to know. So uh, not on the small bottles, but it's on the big bottles. 
Uh, you have to buy the 32 ounce, right? Right. To get your yeah. free test strips. Yeah, I'll, but I'll use 32 ounces in an afternoon. You know, that's <laughs> right. In the clean room when I, when I when I fill the bathtub up and then uh, you know there we go. sanitize myself before brewing. There you go. Uh, you know, it's it doesn't go very far. Are you baking your counter pressure bottle filler? I heard heard rumors that you did that. I don't use bacon in in any part of my bacon? brain process. Smoky. I think if it would be possible hey, for you hey, to Jamil, win more, do, you'd win do you more. Do you want then. a titration <laughs> kit? Uh, a titration kit? Yeah. Do you want something so you can titrate it and measure the exact parts per billion or parts uh, per million by titrating it? The instead of doing yeah. test strips, because uh-huh. that's how we do it in the lab. You know? Sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think you know, uh, especially uh, you know, if you're if you're in the concentrated s- solution and you're uh, you know storing it properly, uh, you know, good measuring, uh, and uh, you know, you'll you'll turn out the the correct uh, you know in between twelve and a half twenty five parts per million. You can get right in there just by measuring. Um, well, the so, one thing also is how old is the stuff? I know some right. guys, you know, they go through it every month other people that don't brew as often mm-hmm. um they're sitting on sanitizers for a long time right you know i i get guys that call me up and say hey i've had the star sand for two or three years is it still good mm-hmm. uh, same thing with iota force iodine um the, the recommended on almost all chemicals is one year now is it still good after that probably uh, star sand doesn't doesn't degrade. It's probably going to be so good. But remember, um, UV light, heat, temperature, high temperatures will break chemicals down. UV light will break chemicals down. Um, so if you're going to store them over long periods of time, put them in a cabinet away and out of heat. The worst thing you could do is be in the middle of Arizona and put it in a shed outside all summer long and have it be 120 degrees, mm-hmm. 140, what it probably gets to in the middle of Arizona. Um, in so, the window in the shed. Yeah. You know, yeah, a lot of guys, uh, the big breweries that storm for long periods of time, put them in the coolers. So, John, I've ended up with a, a bottle of Star Sand. Uh, we do all our brewing outside and keep our chemicals out there, too. And uh, you know how over time it can change color um, pretty yep. drastically. Like, I've used, I mean, I've used some pretty brown Star Sand compared to that really light tan that it is when I bought it. Uh, is that an indication that I've let too much UV light um, ruin the chemical? Uh, the chemical is fine. Okay. They, um, you're absolutely correct that UV light is changing it. Time will change it. Um, I have star sand when it gets manufactured. Um, well, depending upon my mood, I guess, or. Um, the the um, process in the manufacturing when they make it. If they roast one of the things too long, hmm. it gets brown. Um, it has no effect. Uh, you can get a milk or a very, very dark chocolatey, almost like an iodine, yeah. all the way down to uh, where you can see straight through it. Um, hmm. No effect on the chemical, one, whatever, one little bit. Okay, so no indication that I need to throw out that bottle of Star Sand. No. The... Um, I, I hate to say it's this simple, but um, with that bottle of star sand, if uh, when you use it, is the pH going to be below three and a half? Um, put it in there, the pH should drop to around two, the right concentration. If that pH is in there, you've got foam. You're you're good. You're you're going to be killing. Okay. I uh, I'm that confident in my product that it works. Did you both, Johns? What do you guys feel about isopropyl alcohol? 
a lot of seven, guys at seventy percent. At seventy percent, sure. a lot of guys will use that. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, uh, is that something that you know I can? It's going to affect the flavor of my beer. Or? Yeah, you don't really want no, it in your beer. Don't do it. Okay, I'll go out on the limb and say no. <laughs> I heard a couple of you guys say yes. Yes, isopropyl alcohol will kill. Seventy to ninety percent will kill. However, it is a not a good sanitizer because it flashes. Okay? So when you put it on a surface and that surface is wet, it gets dry real fast. Well, you got to have a contact time of probably five to ten minutes in order to get proper kill. Uh, so if it and evaporates too soon. Yeah. It evaporates way too soon before you get the kill. And so in reality, it's not a good sanitizer. Okay. However, the wonderful thing is that it evaporates, so it should not impart any uh, flavors. I mean, it it dissipates and goes away. So that was obviously my fermentation temperature then in that beer. (laughs) If you were to fill your containers and soak them and cover all parts and keep it for a proper period of time, wonderful. It'll work. But you're going to spend a lot of money. So you'd say iota for star sand in a spray bottle over isopropyl alcohol then? You betcha. Okay. I well, let's see here. Five gallon bucket. I put um, a, one ounce of star sand in it, and you figure out how much that costs. Um, where isopropyl alcohol, in order to do it properly, you would have to fill it with five gallons of isopropyl, which probably costs you. Oh, jeez. Um, a lot. A lot more than star sand. Well, and I, I think yeah. the the reason to use the isopropyl when uh, doing yeast management, and you want something you don't want, uh, you know, residual star sand or iota four mixed in with your your yeast and your yeast samples. So, uh, when I'm working with, uh, you know, uh, plate, plates and slants and uh, you know uh, things like that, I'm going to use uh, uh, isopropyl just so I can, uh, again, be ensured there's no residual uh, killing power. Uh, there, because I, uh, I certainly I, I think that that would have an effect. Okay. Well, the um, it, it will evaporate and it does its job. I mean, in yeah. the labs, that's what you know we use because it does not have any residual effect. Right. The the one thing though is remember that three point five mark. A lot of people. One of the questions about star sand is if I if I have a little bit of foam or a little bit of product in my say my fermenter, and then I throw my beer in there, is it sure. going to kill the yeast? And the answer is no, because the beer is going to overpower it and raise the pH above that three and a half. It should be higher, right? Four, five, six, mm-hmm. wherever it's going to be, and um, it, it immediately stops and it won't kill. So, so it's Justin not th- kill shouldn't have thrown out a star sand beer then. Oh man, you could have fermented it. <laughs> That's what I've been told since that happened. That I I could have fermented it. Yeah, but it was like fifty percent star sand, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. But really, Jamil, do you think it would have been any worse than my other beers? No, probably probably would have been. <laughs> so just I fine. really should have fermented it. Yeah, it, it would have fermented like crazy. Wow, That's right. Charlie Talley told so us much that nutrients too. Nutrients in there, it would have gone and done amazing. We did. We spoke to Charlie Talley a few years ago about the same thing, and he said the same thing you're saying, John. He said he said it would have gone crazy. Uh-huh. Yeah. No. John, I have a thought of another question. Um, how well does iota four work in a spray bottle? Do you do you would you get enough contact time with iota four in a spray bottle for uh, most brewing equipment? Do you think that's got? I think that the contact time requirement for iota four is like uh, what two to five minutes versus yeah, it's two to five minutes. Um, I, you know, I would say yes. I would say iota four should work. 
um, as long as you can keep it up in there and keep 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 the um, thing wet. Um, with iota four, though, it's um, it, it's solution. Some iota fours will foam, some are low foam, um, and so you may not get the same uh, wicking depending upon how it's emulsified. But I I wouldn't be opposed to an iota four in a spray bottle. Okay. All right, so I, it's not my favorite, but I don't like things turning colors. Mm-hmm. My hands, in particular. Now, you guys want to know what you do to um, get that iota four off your hands? Hmm. Well, actually, yeah, I, I do, do but you know? uh, want to take a, a short break. Okay. And when we get back, uh, we'll uh, kind of get into uh, getting iota four off your hands, and then I want to answer Ross's questions about. Uh, uh, you know, sanitizing like uh, uh, oxygenation stones and things like that. Back after okay. this. Brew right. Brew smart. Brew strong. This is Brew Strong. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of their 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Their Williams German Pills is mashed with pure German Moravian two-row barley malt for a light blonde color and malty crispness you just can't get from other extracts. Or check out their unique fermenters, draft beer equipment, bottling aids, and more. They even have their own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse their vast selection and enter promo code BREW at the order checkout for $5 off your next order over $50. Orders placed by 3 p.m. ship the same day. Again, go to williamsbrewing.com and enter promo code BREW at checkout for $5 off your next order. Brewing is easy the Williams way. What have you gotten out of a vial of White Labs yeast? WLP001, Cal Ale, baby! 23, Burton Ale. 008, East Coast Ale! Cal Common, WLP810. It's gonna be WLP400 with beer! I got a sweet hoodie for my vial. Huh? White Labs, your source for great brewer's yeast, would like to invite all homebrewers to join the White Labs Customer Club. Redeem your empty vials for great White Labs merchandise and products. Free yeast, glassware, t-shirts, baseball caps, sweatshirts, polo shirts, and you won't believe what you'll get for 5,000 vials. Members also receive a newsletter packed with White Labs updates and facts, interviews with professional brewers, brew-your-own-clone recipes, beercook.com recipes, and customer club stories. The White Labs Customer Club. Save your vials and get in the club. White Labs. It's all in the vial. Live. Beer Radio. The Brewing Network. The Brewcasters. 
If you're just starting, don't be discouraged by all this stuff. It's exactly. so easy. Just throw it yeah. together. Put yeah, some sugar and some water and some yeast in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like the Lance Armstrong of the beer world. Except for that nut thing. This is Bruce Strong. Well, we're back. We're talking sanitization with John Herskovitz of uh, Five Star. And, uh, John, you're going to tell us before the break about uh, getting the Iota 4 color off of your hands. Isopropyl alcohol. What you guys just wanted to use to, to sanitize is actually um, alcohol. Iodines are soluble in alcohol. And so if you get it on your hands and you can't get it off with soap and water, well, it's because iodine is insoluble in water. And so spray a little bit of uh, IPA or, or even vodka, for that matter, mm-hmm. on it, and it'll take it right off. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, our, our hands are usually soaking in alcohol, you know, sloppy pores and things like that. So maybe that's why we didn't... <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. You can put an India Pale Ale on it, huh? Too, huh? Well, not that IPA. IP, IPA uh, isopropyl alcohol. Oh, okay. I figured Michael Jackson could help me figure out how to get the color out of my skin, but <laughs> not the beer, not the, not the beer guy. <laughs> oh yeah. Funny okay. Man. So, so, <laughs> so uh, all right. So Ross also had an interesting question. You know, oxygenation stones. So a uh, real, you know, fine centered. Uh, piece of metal that uh, you know you have trouble getting uh, liquids into that sort of thing. Uh, you know, uh, chemical sanitizing of of the stone. I've always wondered about that myself, and what my preference has always been to uh, uh, sterilize it. Uh, you know, two hundred fifty uh, uh, wet uh, for uh, you know at least uh, twenty some odd minutes. Uh, is it possible to get these uh, sanitizers into the stone to uh, truly sanitize it? Sure. If you uh, soaked it long enough, possibly. Um, can I guarantee it? No. Um, I know a lot of people use Star Sand and Santa Clean um, for that application, for cleaning and sanitizing, because they have the most uh, wicking and wetting um, over, say, a, a straight bleach, which uh, doesn't have the surfactant in there. Um, but they're very difficult because of the cracks. Uh, the best would definitely be heat, like Some you said. Boiling or... or- Boiling it, yeah. Flame. Boiling it for half an hour um, would would definitely guarantee that you got it. Um, problem is, is, is there chunks still in there? Um, and and that, that's the problem. It's not necessarily the kill, but it's the cleaning part. Mm-hmm. It's um, what is in there that uh, physical junk is in there that you got to get removed. Because um, could the sanitizers get in and clean? Yes. Um, could I kill it with chemical means? Oh, you betcha. I've got chemicals that are um, uh, sanitized or they uh, EPA kill in porous surfaces like two-by-fours and carpets, um, but I wouldn't necessarily put them in something that I was going to put in uh, beer. The, you know, they, they kill by definition, and they would probably hurt you as well. So it is possible to get them clean, um, but I, you're probably right, Jamil, with what you do. Well, and what was interesting, uh, the very first time I did this, a bunch of uh, uh, brake material, it looked like, uh, came out of the stone into the, the liquid that I was uh, 
that was in the uh, the uh, uh, vessel when I was uh, sterilizing it. And I was yeah. shocked. So all this stuff came out of there. I'm like, hey, <laughs> that, that's uh, you know quite a testament there. Yeah, it would. Um, I mean, if if you wanted to do a chemical means, I would definitely do a soak in PBW overnight, mm-hmm. and before I even attempted to sanitize it. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. So heat on that is probably one of the best methods, just because of the nature of the the product with all those uh, uh, you know uh, all the pores pores that are you know five microns or or less. Uh, Another another couple of good questions, um, you know, rinsing or not, and also uh, if you're if you're drip drying, you know, how long do you drip dry? Rinsing or not, no, don't rinse. Uh, well, start saying. I mean, again, it depends on the the chemical you're using um, and the concentration you're at. When using, say, star sand or even iota four at the appropriate levels, there are no rinse sanitizers, so don't rinse. Um, if you rinse, you're introducing another source of bacteria. Um, Unless you're rinsing dry. with boiled water or something. <laughs> Everyone does. And that. even then, you know, I I don't rinse. I think uh-huh. it's 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 a big mistake. Extra work, and right. uh, you know the the products you're using, you know, Star Sand, Iodophore, uh, you know, I can't taste them in water. I can't taste them. You know, it's, it's a real subtle effect, if any. There's specific, what. What are you putting in your airlock? Just wondering. You got to put a clean solution in there. You put star sand in the airlock, or you put. I, I generally uh, do star sand. Okay. Just because I know that the solution is sanitary. Yeah. Right. I don't so have to worry that you know I don't have to boil water or put alcohol in there or anything like that. Okay. I, I the guys that I brew with put in uh, vodka. Yeah. I always I always use star sand because. I got it on hand. Yeah. I just sanitize all my And if it gets sucked into the carboy, it's not going right. to contribute enough flavor. Yeah. I think I would have for a will. I mean, I've I've tasted, I've judged beers in competition where you can get some some halogen bites. Some, I think, I, but I, again, I think if you use the right concentration. Right, right. Uh, you know, and, you know, d- there's people who, who did these tests, uh, you know, blind tests where they... Uh, Calculated Smart. how much how much could be in there, and then went like a hundred times more than that, and people still couldn't couldn't really pick it out of uh, just uh, plain water. So I think, iodine, uh, you know, there are some people who claim they can taste it. Sure, and everyone's sure. taste. In fact, I know one guy who claims he can taste star sand, um, but that's one. I've never mm-hmm. heard of anyone else who can taste it, but um, it breaks down and it's natural in, in with the beer. Um, so it goes into that, whereas the iodine is a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, at the right concentration, you shouldn't taste it, um, but it is possible. Uh, to answer your question on how long to let it drip dry, um, we always, for star sand, I say let it air dry. However, as long as you've had your proper contact time, you're good to go. If there's moisture inside, it's not going to harm anything. That's on star sand. Good to know. On iodophores, um, you'd have a little bit higher of a risk. Chlorine, again, if you leave that chlorine solution in there and it's still a little wet, that chlorine is immediately going to go into the, into your beer and then it's going to play with the chemistry. If you let it air dry, it should volatize and go away. And so it should not harm the beer. Okay. So, so uh 
is it important to to just kind of off off the cuff here important to to sterilize things like our mash tun or our lotter tun maybe that's on the warm side every once in a while as well for all grain brewers you know it depends on who you talk to um i sell sanitizers for a living so yes <laughs> um I, I sanitize everything um now i get the chemicals you know um cheap cheap since uh i make them um but i sanitize everything i know some guys no they don't um they just don't mess with their their mash or their hot liquor tank for example yeah i I never sanitize my brewing vessels i mean i clean them yeah but i i don't sanitize them same here you're going to be boiling so it's probably a irrelevant step yeah. yeah i think you know long mash times if you got you know i think cleaning's probably more important than sanitizing in those in those cases because you know you build up some uh you know material in there and it starts to you know get funky and sour that can certainly add to uh add to the overall character of your beer <laughs> yeah, it, it really depends on your setup my my best advice for guys who don't don't brew every single day is sanitize everything that way you don't forget something that's true at least at least then you know Mm -hmm. is it really going to you can take the sanitizer from one tank put it into the other tank uh, or um, carboy whatever you're doing and so it's not like you're wasting money it's just a little bit more time but you've guaranteed that you haven't forgotten something um, the when brew day comes around, normally you're you're freaking out about your recipes and uh, did I did I remember everything? Did I pick everything up? And it's it's a whole day. You know, you're, you're spending a lot of time on it. Um, the last thing you need to be doing is sitting there thinking, did I sterile? Did I sanitize that vessel? Because I'm going to ferment in that one. You know, and so I just I recommend sanitizing everything. Yeah, and I would I would say anything that makes your day easier and less stressful is is a good thing to to do. So if 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 that adds to that uh, uh, reassurance and calmness for you, great. If the additional time it takes kind of freak you know freaks you out and makes you you know not be able to to brew on a certain day, then then maybe not. But uh, you know I, I think uh, you know good advice you got there as far as just. Uh, you know, removing any doubt, and uh, you know, uh, there's no worry that way. Absolutely, <laughs> I couldn't agree more. <laughs> now, well, question answered. I probably won't take the time to uh, <laughs> sanitize or sterilize that, but uh, uh, it seems to make an awful lot of sense what you've talked about uh, so far up to this point. It sounds like as long as you're cleaning. And then you keep your thing soaked in whatever product it is for the amount of time it is at the you right concentration. You want your thing wet. You want your thing wet. You know, you clean it first. Mm-hmm. Then, then you take your thing and you, you put it in the sterilizer, you wet sanitizer, it. right? Keep it wet. And uh, drip dry. Apparently, I can drip dry, right? Mm-hmm. If I want to get the color out of it, I just use isopropyl alcohol, right? What? Shoot. That's <laughs> all set. Yeah. Well, and Justin, how about the the chat room? How how's that looking uh, this evening? Few questions from them. Um, one good question is about how water chemistry affects uh, sanitizing products. So something we need to pay attention to. Water chemistry. That's actually a, a very intelligent question. Um, hard water will affect certain uh, sanitizers. Um, real water that, or really hard water that you can practically walk on, 
Um, we, you know, Charlie used to always call it JC water. Um, I don't recommend using it at all <laughs> in brewing um, or cleaning because it's going to react with the cleaners and sanitizers and you need proper chelation. Um, items such as uh, star sand, the phosphoric acid will chelate various metals um, and so it should be okay but hard, heavy metals in water will react with all chemistry in, in um, sanitizers. So I'd stay away from it and you've got water that's that hard, go to the store and buy um, DI water or good water. John, I got a question on, on that recommendation. Uh, when you talk about hard water and you talk about the heavy metals, I mean, I would think since these are, you know, um, acidic uh, solutions, the, both the iodophore and the star sand, that the, uh, the carbonate or bicarbonate the alkalinity of the water would be the be the detriment to the system as opposed to the cation content. Well, it's it, the question is um, what you're getting into is pH, and if it has so much alkalinity that the phosphoric acid in the star sand, for example, can't drop the pH, no. You, you don't have water that hard. What it is, though, is in star sand, you have an anionic detergent. That anionic detergent is going to react with the metals. With the calcium and going to come out okay. of solution. Okay. So, okay, that, that's a good clarification. And so it is, it is water hardness that will affect star sand. Uh, not alkalinity. And not, not the alkalinity. The phosphoric in the solution is enough to overcome the alkalinity of the water. Correct. Which would, okay. That's now, good, good that is a very good point, that the alkalinity will have pH drifts. And we've said that all of these sanitizers have an ideal pH. Mm-hmm. And so if your alkalinity um, rate, or if the alkalinity is so high, you may not get as long of a, um, a good viable solution. It may drift over a period of time because of that alkalinity. Yeah. My, our, my water in Los Angeles is, you know, moderate alkalinity. It's got, you know, 70 ppm of calcium. Um, but I, and I know I can't, uh, mix up a star sand solution with that water without it turning cloudy. So I always use, uh, you know, DI water from the grocery store. How long does it take before it turns cloudy? Is it uh, instant or is uh, it a day or two? No, a couple minutes. Okay. So I, th- I, you know, I don't, I don't know whether it's a combination of alkalinity and the ion and the cation content, or what. Mm. I know, I, I know, it's just uh, if I, I mix it with distilled right off the bat, and I don't have to worry about it. There you go. It's an inconvenience, but um, having to use it, but at the same time, you know, yeah, it's, it's good. surety, yeah. How clean is your brew house, Jamil? I mean, you're the two Ninkasi winning fool over here. You, you obviously, you know, like the model what we're doing. Maybe after people have been successful, are you? Is your your garage really clean? Is your kegerator clean? I mean, what are you keeping clean? Uh, you know, anything that has to do with fermentation, okay, has to be clean. Okay, so you know, anything cold side has to be absolutely spotless and thoroughly sanitized. And if there's any doubt, throw it away. Get another one. Right. And uh, so that's that's the important part. The uh, and the environment needs to be generally clean. Okay. Uh, where you're working. Do and you have a counterflow uh, chiller? 
Uh, no, I got rid of it. I switched to this whole whirlpool chiller idea, which is an immersion chiller with uh, sure. recirculating with a with a whirlpool, and and that's uh, again because I did not want to deal with uh, cleaning the inside of a, a counterflow chiller. It just worries me too much. Excellent. How do how do you clean the inside of your circulation your pump that you use to recirculate? The, uh, the pump head comes off. Okay. So then you could sanitize. Yeah. And generally, you know, you run some PBW through there, some warm PBW, and, uh, you know, you take it apart every few times and you don't see anything in it. And then uh, it gets sanitized just by, you know, you're pumping boiling liquid through it. So now For most of us, we'll brew beer and a few months later it'll be gone. But for someone like Jamil, I mean, he could, hey, he has it four, a beer, six, seven years old the other day I was looking at. I mean, mm-hmm. to be able to do that, you got to pay attention to sanitation. You not only have to be clean, but your sanitation has to be perfect, mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. So obviously you're doing something <laughs> right there, I would imagine. Right. You know, just everything that the firm, that if it's fermentation, anything the beer's going to touch, you keep that obviously incredibly clean. Right, right. Good, good to know. A couple more questions from the chat for you, John. Um, okay. Someone asked, oh, what's the difference between an acid cleaner and a sanitizer? And they were using uh, SantaClean, for example. He says, you know, could something like that be used for both a sanitizer and a cleaner? What's the difference there? Um, SantaClean, the the um, cleaner sanitizer, SantaClean is my low-foaming version of StarSan. It is not EPA-registered, so I can't, by law, call it a sanitizer. Okay. Can I, did I dance around that one fast enough to say that it's the low-foaming version of StarSan? Well, so th- does that is that to say you can't answer the question? If I say to you, you know, is it going to sanitize something, you know, irregard of what the EPA says, can you answer that question? Well, so what I can say is, in my opinion, SantaClean sanitizes just as well as StarSan, regardless of what the EPA registration may say. <laughs> I, I am free to say what I what my opinion is on it. Okay. I'm sure John can't comment. You on that. Uh, right. As far as cleaning, uh, it is not a cleaner. Uh, it is a san- in, in, for my uses, I use it as a sanitizer, not as a cleaner, because I don't think it, it would be as effective as at cleaning. Okay. The- as far as cleaning goes, it depends on what you're cleaning. It's, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, even star sand can be used as an acid cleaner. Cleaner meaning removing dirt. It will remove inorganic material, okay? But it's, when you're talking about beer, you're talking about organic soil. Organic soil, you need an alkali. You need something like PBW. So the proper step would be using PBW first, and then following it with a final step such as SantaClean or StarSan. Okay. Okay, great. Um, another question about one of your other products uh, called StarZine. Oh, um, okay. Someone wanted to know what's the kill time for StarZine, and uh, if it's okay to use that in a spray bottle like we use StarSan. Well, first of all, if any homebrewers got Starzine, I'd be amazed. Well, I think um, we do have pro brewers that listen to you. And I, actually, I do think this comes from one of our homebrewers who has moved up to a pro brewery. So, ah, uh, okay. Yeah, I was going to say number one, if people complain about the price of Star Sand, they definitely are going to complain about the price of Starzine. <laughs> okay, Starzine is um, chlorine, stabilized chlorine dioxide. Okay, um, and that one is very tricky because you have to activate it. Uh, you have to lower the pH, the optimum pH, into the range, um, and there's different ways of doing it. But, again, it's, it's like that sodium hypochlorite where I was talking about the bleach when you have to acidify it and you have the risk of releasing chlorine gas. 
Starzine's the same thing. When you acidify it with citric acid or phosphoric acid, if you go too far, you run the risk of releasing chlorine gas. The, the reason why people use it, it actually kills using oxygen. Okay, it's the chlorine is a bound molecule, and it, it kills using the oxygen, which is phenomenal. Doesn't impart um, the flavors that bleach would um, from the chlorine. Uh, contact time on that one again is this uh, is two to five minutes, um, depending upon the concentration. That one I recommend 80 parts per million. Do not go higher than 200. Um, depending upon the organism you want. Most gram negatives, gram positives, you kill between 40 and 60. I know you can get some kills as low as 20. Um, but in, in the homebrew environment, you might as well run it as high as 120 or 150. Um, the breweries that are using it, they use it at um, the average brewery that uses it, runs it at about 80 parts per million, and they're CIPing it for five to 10 minutes just to do that, and then every, once a month, once a quarter, they run it as high as 150 to 200 parts per million. So it sounds like you wouldn't recommend using it in a spray bottle like we would Star Sand. Um, does it work? Yes, it would work just fine in a spray bottle application. Okay. Um, to get to that concentration, it's a real pain in the butt. Okay. Fair. So, no, I don't recommend any home brewer to ever use Starzine. Um, number one, you have to acidify it, and I don't like home brewers doing that. And um, number two, the amount, if you think, most guys that make up, say, Starzine and put it in a spray bottle, it's one ounce and five gallons of water. Um, they either make up a gallon of solution and then pour it off into spray bottles, or they figured out that their spray bottle's a quart, and it's like, less than a mil or one mil, and they figured out exactly how to do that. Starzine, um, to get into 80 parts per million, it's like a drop. Okay. And so the, trying to get into this concentration and measure it properly at that small is uh, ridiculous. Okay. And that's it from the listeners today. All right. I think that's a good show. I think... Uh, what we what we learned on this, what what you want to make sure you're doing is uh, keeping it wet, right? Yeah, so you right. need to first off uh, make sure everything's clean and uh, reference our earlier show on cleaning. Mm-hmm. Uh, once everything is spotlessly clean, then you're going to want to mix up your sanitizer of choice uh, to the appropriate concentration. Make sure it has the appropriate pH. Don't have to worry uh, about agitation, no. Agitation, uh, uh, you don't have to really worry about that. Uh, you want to apply it, keep it wet. Uh, for me, that means filling up the vessels, you know, completely submerging things. For others, uh, you know, a spray bottle works well, right? Uh, mm-hmm. you need and to when keep you're it, uh, assembling your stuff, make sure you assemble the parts wet, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you're going to put uh, things point. together, uh, make sure that they're sanitized and they're still wet when you put them together, or you maybe um, put hoses and stuff together under the solution. That's that's what I do. I do in a bucket, and I'll assemble everything under in the solution. But don't feel inadequate if you've only got thirty seconds of contact time, right? <laughs> because that's okay too, right? Well, Jamil, thirty thirty seconds does pretty well. Three minutes, you, you pretty much everything's dead when it when it comes to star sand. Iota four is going to be uh, you know maybe five minutes or so. If if JP's Jason Petros's girlfriend drank out of a glass that was cleaned in star sand, and he drank out of it. Would he still get her cold sore, or would it be okay? 
I already I, I disagree with the premise of the question. JP would never have a girlfriend. Oh, yes. Right. <laughs> X, X out from that. Sorry. Yeah. Hypothetical girlfriend. <laughs> Sorry, JP. <laughs> and what else? Uh, when, after you've uh, thoroughly sanitized and given an appropriate contact time, uh, keeping everything wet, then uh, you don't need to necessarily rinse, having used the appropriate concentration. And uh, you can drip dry on these things. Uh, that's fine, but not necessarily necessary. Uh, no rinse, again, uh, proper concentration, uh, unless you're doing something like bleach or, you know, then you definitely want to rinse, and then you're pretty much throwing the whole thing out the window anyways because most water and the, the tap that you're pulling it from and all that, it's got bacteria all over it. So best to stick to something like uh, star sand iota 4. If you're using heat, your contact time is actually longer. And uh, there is some danger there. You can do that, and it's. But on the other hand, it's uh, quite appropriate for things where it's very difficult to get uh, liquids into those real fine pores and ensure that you're getting appropriate contact, appropriate cleaning. So something like that, like a sintered stone, you might want to uh, boil or uh, put in a uh, autoclave or a, a pressure cooker. Uh, did I cover everything, guys? Uh, it sounds like it to me. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. John. Okay. Great. Uh, I think that was uh, a good quality show, and I think uh, we we uh, have another show coming up uh, in two weeks from this. If you're listening to this one, it's going to be on uh, Outside Aeration. we got Charlie uh, Bamforth on that, and it's going to be uh, a great episode. So thank you, John, for joining us on this. Uh, we hope to, we'll see you at the uh, Homebrew Conference in June, right? I, I will be there. Excellent. Thank you again. Yeah, thanks a lot, pleasure. John. Good talking to you. So I think that was another uh, fine show here. Yeah, I feel good about that one. Yeah. yeah. Another one Another one in the can. <laughs> Fights the of can. dust. <laughs> yeah, all right. So, uh, yeah, like I said, we're going to be back. Uh, if you're listening to this on the podcast, we're going to be back in two weeks with another one on Hot Side Aeration. That's going to be another excellent show. I think oh, yeah. we're, we're really hitting our stride now. If you get a chance, go by the Brew Network store. Take a look. There's going to be hoodies in there. And uh, uh, if you listen to the podcast, God knows what's going to be there at the time. We're coming out with new Brew Strong shirts, so they should be there, or they could be totally sold out by the time you hear this. So hard to say. Uh, if you get a chance, you want to listen live, because that's when you, you find yeah. out all the good information. Uh, if you're listening live in about a week, you should see uh, Brew Strong shirts there. Snap one up. They're going to go quick. Uh, you can get Brewing Classic Styles, both uh, signed by Palmer and Zanish. Yep. Check those out. Yeah, uh, hoodies, all sorts of goodies, and uh, if you get a chance, uh, you know, uh, maybe sign up for BYO or uh, Z- uh, uh, American uh, Homebrewers Association membership. All those things uh, lend themselves to uh, keeping the brewing network going, as well as uh, keeping you filled with uh, great uh, brewing knowledge. Donate if you can. Donate if you can. Yeah, absolutely. Anyways, we appreciate you listening, and uh, we hope you will be brewing strong. Yep, keep yeah. brew, keep it strong. 